Hi everyone, welcome back to episode two of It's All French to Me. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed episode one. If you haven't listened to it yet, um, please give it a listen. Let me know what you think. In this episode, find out how my husband was insulted by Minnie Mouse about an atmospheric tribute to Jacques Brel and a mountain that someone loved so much that they painted it over 60 times. So, hello autumn. The weather has most definitely changed. The air is so much crisper. Um, It is a lot more chilly as well and the autumn leaves have started to drop as well so this is one of my favorite times of the year because i know it's the lead up to uh winter to christmas so if you're like me this time of the year is quite special because it's um, the anticipation of things to come so i wanted to share with you something i saw recently on an instagram page that i follow which is secret paris i think the company has um different accounts for different cities throughout the world because I know there's definitely a secret London one but I followed the secret Paris one and recently they asked all their viewers um the question quelle est la leçon la plus importante que tu as apprise à Paris so what's the most important lesson you've learned in Paris so from the cities I've visited so far um Paris is uh, without doubt my favorite so I thought it would be interesting just to share a few of the answers uh, from that question um about the most important uh, lesson you've learned um, so a lot of them were around uh, the traffic. So um, tr- Paris is renowned, like a lot of um, big cities, Paris is renowned for quite bad traffic, um, especially around the Arc, Arc de Triomphe. Um, I've, I was told once that the Arc de Triomphe is the only place where um, you're not actually insured if, if you have an accident around the, Eiffel, uh, around the Arc de Triomphe. I don't know if that's true or not, but someone told me that once. So I'll read out some of the answers. The first one, ne pas sous-estimer. So don't underestimate your journey time. Um, that's that's relating to Paris, um, to the traffic. Toujours regarder le prix d'un coca dans la brasserie avant de se poser. So always look at the price of a coke in a in a cafe uh, before sitting down. And so another thing that uh, Paris is renowned for is uh, pricey. Pricey cafes. I mean, the best. I mean, it's over exaggerated. It depends where you go. In my opinion, um, in the real touristy hotspots, yeah, they, the prices are um, heightened. But um, generally, that they're, they're. I think they're okay. I think the price for coke's. The, you know, the price for coke really. Marché à droite surtout sur les escalators. So this one came up quite a lot in these answers. Um, walk on the right, especially on um, escalators, and travelators. It's a bit of a funny one that because. Uh, when I first moved to to Paris, um, that was a big thing which I'd never, which you wouldn't think of really. So obviously in Paris they drive on the left as opposed to driving on the right uh, in the UK, uh, and it's exactly the same when you're on the on the pavement and when you when you're on foot, um, you pass someone on the right, which I never thought of. Um, no, you pass. Sorry, you pass someone on the left, which I never thought of. Uh, which obviously in England you pass someone. Generally, you pass someone on the right. If you do go to pass someone on the right in Paris, um, expect to be confronted with somebody and some probably some tutting. So another 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 answer is um, ne pas répondre quand on me dit bonjour. Don't answer when you say hello. Um, yeah, okay. Parisians have got a bit of a. Um, a bit of a, a bit of a reputation to being a bit rude. Um, I I didn't notice it. I mean, to be completely honest, I didn't notice it. 
a lot of a lot of tourists think that they're not that they're, they're quite rude and not very friendly. I never noticed that really. Another one, garder son calm en voiture, again about um, traffic. Keep calm while driving. Um, Baisse les yeux dans certain quartiers. Look down in certain areas. So yeah, like every city, there's um, good areas and bad areas. Um, as long as you do your research before you go, so you don't go into a bad area. But then again, when I say bad area, I mean Paris. I don't think it's that bad. To, I don't think there's any areas that bad in compa- comparison to some to some cities. On met pas de talons dans les transports publics. Don't wear heels on public transport. I think that goes for any city, not just Paris. Bien traversé quand le petit bonhomme est vert. Oh, this is an interesting one. You can walk when there's when there's um, the little green man. So that's a really interesting one. What I was talking about, um, crossing people on the pavement. Um, something really, really to look out for in Paris, which a lot of people get caught out by. If 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 the if there's a green man on on a crossing cross when you cross the road, because some of those roads are quite busy. So if there's a green man, so you think it's safe to cross, but it's right next to um, a turning, a turning on the road. Be really careful because they will still turn out of that road and go through the traffic lights. Um, whereas in England, the, the the turning would be accounted for. Um, you'd have to wait, and it would be safe to cross the road. In 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 Paris, it's definitely not. So just be careful about that one. Another answer: Au bout de la Seine et la zone de Surrey. Next to the Seine, which is the the river that goes through um, Paris, is the um, area for mice. So there are a lot. There are some mice in, um, but this is again. This isn't just Paris. This is um, this is the same in all in, in a lot in a lot of cities where there's rivers. Also in the subway as well. Don't be surprised if you see a, a mouse, or even a rat actually. Qu'il ne faut jamais rester plus d'une quarte une quarte second quand le feu passe au vert. <laughs> that you you must never stay more than a quarter of a second as soon as the um the traffic light turns green <laughs> again you see a lot of these are about traffic toujours prévoir un orage ou un coup de pluie même sous un ciel bleu you always expect a um a storm or a, or a rain shower even when the sky is blue yeah so it it can get rainy in um, in in paris it does rain quite a bit in paris Seule la ligne 14 est accessible en fauteuil roulant. Oh, that's a bit worrying if that is true. That only uh, the underground line 14 is uh, wheel- wheelchair friendly. That can't be right, can it? I mean, there are a lot of, I can just thinking back, there are a lot of um, mind, you know, like um, like the London Underground, mind the gap. And there are a lot of um, trains that aren't um, accessible by. Um, uh, wheelchairs accessible for wheelchair users. Um, I'm guessing that was due to when the underground was built, but um, that's scary. If it's uh, if there is if it's literally only one line that's that's um, wheelchair friendly, then they're my favourite three are Kin Ford Jamais Dire Jamais, Never Say Never. <laughs> I don't know what that's relating to, but I like the saying. L'expression le jour et la nuit va parfaitement à la ville de Paris. The expression day and night goes perfectly in 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 Paris. That's true. That's true. Um, there's an incredible nightlife in Paris, and I also love the expression um, "passer nuit blanche." So to spend um, it, well, the literal translation is to spend a white night, but it means don't. It means never going to sleep, never go to bed, just carry on the next day. 
Um, something that um, definitely happened a few times when I was living there. And my last one, les plus belles choses sont souvent juste sous nos yeux. So the most beautiful things are often just under our no just under our eyes. The literal translation. So that would be that would be translated, I suppose, to um, the most beautiful things are just under our noses, um, which is very true about Paris. Um, a very be very beautiful city. Déjà vu film review. So today's film recommendation that I'm going to be sharing with you is one of my all-time favourites. Um, again, it's a comedy. Um, don't worry, I'm not just going to concentrate on comedy. I'm going to do some other genres um, in future episodes. But I do love a French comedy. Again, funnily enough, it's a trilogy. Um, I only found out it's a trilogy last night, actually, when I was just looking up when the film was made. So I've seen um, numbers one and two, but they've made a... Uh, a third one as well, which I didn't even know existed. So without further ado, the name of this film is Les Visiteurs, so The Visitors. It was made in 1993, uh, and it stars a um, fantastic pairing of Jean Reno and uh, Christian Clavier. So for those of you who don't know, Jean Reno is a, a, quite, quite a straight actor. Um, he is best known for playing the Luc Besson films, as director, um, you know, the ones, um, the quite edgy ones, for example, Nikita, um, Rona, um, there's quite a few, there's quite a few, I can't think of them all now, but, um, he's quite a, he's quite, he's quite a straight playing actor. Oh, more recently, The Da Vinci Code, he, he's done quite a few English language films as well. Um, and then he's paired with, um, Christian Clavier, who's a fantastic comedic actor. Um, he's done so many, um, he was one of the main characters of all Le Bronze films, which um, I'm quite sure I'll probably talk about a bit later. As well as this, you've also got um, some fantastic other French actors in there. Um, Valor Valérie Lemessier, Marianne Chazelle, uh, Isabelle Nanti. And all three films were directed by Jean-Marie Poiret. The plot of this film um, is around a 12th century knight um, in France who, who wants to marry the love of his life. And on the way to the castle where she lives, he's um, given a poison by a witch. So he's hallucinating. And then he accidentally um, shoots this, the love of his life's father with uh, a crossbow. So because of this, obviously, he's, uh, the, the, the love of his life doesn't want to marry him. Um, so he, he just wishes he could go back in time to, to change this. This being uh, 12th century France, there's a sorcerer who says he, he's got a potion who can um, um, send him back in time to change the course of history. So long story short, uh, the sorcerer messes up and forgets a, a vital ingredient in the time-travelling potion. And basically sends him into the future instead, um, along with his servant, played by Christian Clavier. So in the future, he then, because he, he travels through time in the same place, he then meets his descendants. He obviously lands in a, in a, in a place, in an environment so new to him um, in 1990s France. It's all the events that, that happen um, because of this. What makes it incredibly funny is um, Christian Clavier plays two parts. So he plays the um, the servant, um, but then he also plays his descendant. Um, and literally, the the two roles are like chalk and cheese. The, the servant's very down to earth, um, and and his descendant is a very campy, feminine character who's actually bought the the castle and, run, and runs it as a hotel. Um, of of his master, um, so 
obviously um, his master is very unhappy about this because the course of history has changed because he killed um his his the love of his life's father if that makes any sense so another actress who plays two roles is Valérie Le Messier who plays the role of the knight's betrothed um, in the 12th century but she also plays her, her descendant who is now in the um 20th century um the wife of a dentist in rural um France and obvious, so obviously, when um, the knight sees her, um, he thinks it's 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 his betrothed um, until he realizes, of course, and he's appalled by the way that um, the 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 husband, the dentist, treats her. So it's quite a touching storyline that is actually. So when the knight sees how the future turns out, um, if he doesn't marry um, the love of his life. Um, he obviously wants to go back in ch- in time to sort this out. So it's literally a race against time to travel back to just before he kills um, the love of his life's father um, and change the course of history. One of the things I love about the film is um, the way they speak as well. So just like in old English language, um, when everyone added um, TH to the end of everything, so, for example, don't you recognise me? They'd say, um, "Don't I, I don't know." They'd say, "You don't you recogniseeth me?" It's the same in in this film. They've added um, instead of saying "Tu me reconnais pas," they've added "Tu me reconnais pas." So they've added the s to me, to um, "Tu me reconnais," which I find really funny. A character to look out for is the um, is the modern day uh, homeless lady that. Um, the servant meets and as it were and becomes his girlfriend hilarious character played by um, marianne chazelle so the dentist's wife recognizes the knight um some of the things that he says etc but she um thinks that it's a long lost cousin who's a, a racing car driver who was last seen in um borneo so she thinks he's come back the soundtrack is also worth a mention it's an amazing um, piece of music by Eric Levy, um, and it's all based around sort of choral music and and, and chanting. Um, but it really goes with the with the film. So as well as being a very funny film with lots of comedy moments, it's a real feel good movie to watch um, if you have if you have the time. So I hope you enjoy. Please let me know uh, what you think of it, um, or if you've already seen it, please let me know as well. La musique. So the song I've chosen for this episode is by one of my um, all-time favourite singers. She's French-Canadian. Um, her name's Isabelle Boulet. Um, she's not very well known outside of um, French-speaking countries, but she is huge in France and um, um, Quebec. Um, so I first discovered her when I moved to France Um and she's I just I, I, the thing I love about her is the power in her voice, um, the, her sound. She sings some fantastic, meaningful songs. Um, I don't believe she writes them herself. So for those of you who know me, my absolute all-time favourite singer has to be Miss Celine Dion. And funnily enough, this singer um, there's a lot of parallels in their lives. So they're both French Canadian, obviously. Uh, but also, um, for example, their parents both owned restaurants when they were growing up. They both sang for their customers during their childhood. 
Um, Isabel cites her idols as um, Dolly Parton, Edith Piaf and Johnny Halliday. A little bit of trivia. One of the concerts that I saw Isabel at, um, towards the end, um, she announces that Johnny Halliday is actually in the audience. Um, So I was quite far at the back of the stalls, but I think towards the front or the front row, Johnny Johnny Halliday was actually um, there. Um, and then later, um, after that concert, not soon after that concert, um, they actually released a uh, a, du- a duet together, which is fantastic. I just realised, for those of you who don't know who Johnny Halliday is, he is the, oh, um, how, do I expl- how do I describe, um, he is a very big star um from the 60s um in in France one of i mean some people say he's the he's the biggest star uh, he's kind of the french elvis um he's recently passed away actually so i discovered um isabelle boulet from her biggest french hit which was called parle moi speak to me um like a lot of other people did as well it's her biggest um hit to date and since then um she's gone from strength strength to strength but the difference, one of the big differences between her and Celine is that she's never actually broke the English market. She's um, stayed um, true to her first language and and, um, and only sung in French. So the song I've chosen for this episode is um, a song called Jamais Assez Loin. So Never Far Enough is the uh, translation of the song. Um, it's, a, it's a slow, um, it's quite a sad song in, in a way, but um, you kind of forget about the sadness of it um, just because it's such a fantastic tune and the way she sings it. So I've been very lucky to see Isabel twice um, live in concert, um, once at Olympia uh, Music Hall in, in, in the centre of Paris, um, which is one of the most famous music um, venues in, in Paris. Um, one, one of the oldest as well and I've also seen her in uh, Le, Zenith, Le Zenith which is a big um, arena I think it's mainly used for sports events but it's also for um, concerts as well one of the memories I've got from that concert was um, I mean I don't know how many thousands of people that it holds but there were it was it was packed this this concert so she ends her show by singing a very famous song in France, Le Port d'Amsterdam, um, the Port of Amsterdam, um, which was which is a song by Jacques Brel. Um, I don't know when it came out, but I'm guessing it was the fifties. I'm pretty sure it was sometime in the fifties that it was made famous, and it's um, it's. It's quite an iconic song in France. So what she decided to do was she sang it a cappella without the microphone. So if you can imagine in a huge stadium full of people, basically it was as if you were stepping back in time because she she was kind of proving that she doesn't need the, need the microphone to be heard. So everyone was just, the whole room was silent and everyone was just sort of, Everyone was listening to this to this lone voice on the stage, which you could still hear. I mean, obviously not loud, but you could just you could still hear it sort of in the background, uh, which was fantastic atmosphere to end the show on as well. Um, anyway, so the song I've chosen, Jamais Assez Loin. So the song is basically uh, about wanting her to travel around the world, um, but she it, there's something that's holding her back. The style of the song is quite... Um, I'd say is a tight is a little bit country, it's a little bit country music, but I think it does still under the pop song banding. 
All of her songs are very poetic. Um, the chorus, for example, um, the chorus goes for the, for, for the song goes um, tous les trains, tous les, ba- tous les bateaux, tous les avions ne m'emmèneront jamais assez loin. So all the trains, all the boats, all the planes will never take me far enough. And she goes on to say, je veux laisser mon cœur, je veux laisser mon cœur voler. Um, I want to let my heart fly. It's quite a sad song, but the um, the tune is so memorable. I think it kind of makes up for that. And it's uh, one that I find myself listening to quite a lot. Um, she's done a fantastic live version. She's done several live versions of it as well. Um, well worth a listen to. Yeah, so that's my uh, recommendation for this episode. Hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you uh, like that song. If you like, if you find any other songs of hers, please let me know what you think of her. Bon voyage. So for the very first recommendation for places to visit in France, I'd like to welcome my um, partner in crime, uh, my hubby, a.k.a. Miss Ruby V. Hello, everybody. It's Rubella Vaccine. Miss Ruby V to her friends. Thank you. So one place that we can definitely recommend in France is one of our absolute all-time favourite places. Not particularly French, um, as it's um, an American company. So the place is Disneyland Paris, where I used to work. And since leaving, we have spent many a happy holiday. So what can we say about Disneyland Paris then? Are you going to introduce me or...? I've already introduced you. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, Miss Ruby V here, or Rubella Vaccine. Well, what can we say about Disneyland Paris? Well, what can't we say about Disneyland Paris? I mean, we've been many, many times. We've had some lovely holidays. And um, I grant you, um, it's not exactly French, because it is an American company. But, like you say, there are little nuggets of... French inspiration. Uh, yes, well done. That's a lovely word. Yes, darling. Um, yeah, in- inspired elements. Absolutely. So, what in particular about Disneyland do you want to talk about? Why don't we do like a little our favourite things about Disneyland Paris? Okay. So, for example, de- uh, favourite ride, I would have to say Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, I think Sorry. Pirates of the Caribbean. Sorry, Le Pirate de la Caribe. Le Pirate de la Caribe. Um, yeah, I think that's quite, yeah, that's a fab, fab ride. My personal favourite, I think, would have to be Crush's Coaster because it is just such a a thrill ride where it's all in the dark and then you're suddenly, well, what's meant to be like underwater, under the ocean, uh, and it's just phenomenal. A uh, few drops and incredible speed, uh, just so much fun. It's an absolute hoot all the way. It is. It really, really is. And what's your favourite saying from the ride? La chambre, le pied, in à l'intérieur de la carapace. Oh, that's just... Gardez vos, vos mains, vos bras. Vos bras, vos chambres. Vos chambres? No, chambre. no. What's legs? Jambes. Jambes. À l'intérieur de la carapace. La carapace, which is meant to be the uh, the shell of uh, Crush, which is like the vehicle that sort of takes you around the ride. Having ridden Space Mountain in Orlando and Space Mountain in France, I think the Disneyland Paris Space Mountain is so much better. 
so much better. I mean, it's just amazing. Which leads us on to um, another interesting point. Yes. That many people um, who we've met all <laughs> seem to think that the American, um, um, well, the one in Florida at least, is a lot better. I think over the years people have always said, oh, you know, you should go, you should go to the Disneyland in Orlando. It's so much better. And actually, having been there now, I don't think it's better. Obviously, it's bigger and um, it's different. They've got different things different there because you've got Animal Kingdom, you've got Epcot, Hollywood Studios, which is basically Disneyland uh, Studios, Disney Studio Park in Paris. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say it's better. better it's no. different. Different. Well, not different. I think, obviously, the Paris one is uh, it's newer, it, yeah, it's just, I wouldn't say it's better, just that I would say it's just different. One of the areas I um, like... Well, in Paris. Yeah, in Paris, is the um, the new... Well, it's not new now, but it was. It's quite newish. Um, the Ratatouille area. Oh, yeah, because that's like a little... That's, that's proper French, that, isn't it? It is. Yeah, so they've literally, they've, like, built a little... Typically uh, French. Typically French city centre inside uh, an area of the Disney Studios and it's all inspired by the film Ratatouille uh, which if you haven't seen you need to watch it's such a good movie um, and the ride yeah I, I think you're absolutely right I think that's really really good very very typically French lovely French music um, all, um, all around the area uh, it is just amazing it really really is and you also get the chance to meet Emil and Remy to take photos and uh, you do. know, yeah, and chef. Uh, oh yeah, chef oh, Linguini. Linguini. Yeah, That's very very good. Very very good indeed. Um, I think we should also mention um, the uh, our favourite places to go and eat. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, because I think, well, if we talk about Paris, I don't know whether I don't even know whether this is still open, but we've always had a. a oh, we're not talking meal. about that. This oh, is the Disneyland Paris oh, just section. Disneyland. Yeah. So I can't mention Chez Papa. No. Okay. Well, in that case, Disneyland Paris, I think um, my favourite buffet is definitely the Plaza Gardens buffet inside Disney Park. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if you know me, you know that I do love a buffet. Also, um, absolutely love uh, dinner with the characters at Cafe Mickey. Because I think that's a really, really good restaurant. Slightly overpriced, maybe a touch. Lovely but, food, but lovely you? food, and you do get to, you do get to have that meet and greet with the characters Indeed. that come to your table. You had a rather um, a bad experience once in there with uh, with Minnie, if I recall. That wasn't in there actually. That was at, at, at the Lucky Nugget Saloon. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the um, another buffet character buffet that um, we used to quite enjoy until uh, Minnie completely ripped the piss out of me. Um, and my weight, which I know people, you know, probably won't believe, but she did. <laughs> I've not been able to forgive her, even though she can't speak. Obviously, she no, still no, did. no. But yeah, but she made she made her actions very clear. <laughs> she tapped me on she, she tapped me on the tummy, and uh, shocking. Yeah, yeah, bitch. <laughs> also, I think we need to discuss uh, with Disneyland Paris in particular the fact that unfortunately over there people don't seem to be able to queue and don't seem to be able to respect the fact that if you're in front of them, then they have to wait because you're in a queue. Obviously, it's the only um, Disney in Europe. So there is yeah. a big mixture of 
different uh, nationalities. Yes, there is. Yes, uh, visiting. There is. Um, and most of them can't can't queue for toffee <laughs> because we've we've been involved in in several altercations with fellow uh, park goers many times. Uh, but I can't stand it when people can't queue and they try and jump the queue or I can't bear it. It just it just it you makes my blood it. boil. Whereas I really don't mind. I know, darling. I know you don't mind. I know I shouldn't mind. I should be a lot more... Tolerant. Tolerant. You're absolutely right. But unfortunately, um, the drag queen in me just can't bear it. Best time to go to Oh, my to goodness. Disney? Absolutely. I think best time to go would definitely be either Christmas, mm-hmm. which is so, you know, classic, which is what we normally used to do, uh, apart from, obviously, with COVID and everything, but... We normally uh, used to go to Disney uh, sort of middle of November where the Christmas season had just started. The third, they usually start the Christmas season around the middle of November. Um, so, yeah, Christmas is so magical. So, And it's also nice because the French climate, you know, it's really cold. You, know, you get to four o'clock in the afternoon and it starts getting really dusky and all the mm. lights and it's mm. it's really atmospheric. So um And Halloween. And Halloween. I was just, yeah. I was just gonna say about the weather. Um for those of you who don't know, um the park is actually built in a valley. So it's in Mont La Vallée. Um that's why Mont La Vallée par Disneyland. So that's why the um it does get particularly cold in the winter months. It does. Because yeah, um, you're in, in the in the bottom of a, va- of a valley. But really. also, can I just mention? As we I was we're talking about France and Disneyland, obviously Val d'Europe, which is the, the little town. Oh, there you go. That That's a built re- next yeah. to Disneyland, yeah. where they've got the the most amazing uh, shopping centre, yeah. uh, with the most amazing supermarket called Auchan. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah they do. Um, and it's yeah. It's one of my. It's one of the highlights of my holiday. Every time we go, you can spend a day just going round. Absolutely, um, shopping absolutely, center. and lovely French food, and it's really nice. Actually, Val d'Europe is really really nice. And directly co- linked to to Paris Centre, Paris Gare du Nord on the train. And of course, you can go directly from London to um, London to where to. Um, oh, you can yeah. Well, to to Disneyland. To Disneyland, yeah. yeah. Directly, there's a there's one train per day that goes there. Is there still only one train a day? It is. That's a bit mean. It is. Right, yeah. gets in about one one o'clock, one thirty, something like yeah. that. It tends to be cheaper to go into into Paris Gardenor and then um, make your own way to Disneyland Paris. Have you got a favourite show in Disney or a favourite character? Well, my favourite character is Donald Donald Duck. I've always liked Donald Duck. Donald. Donald. Donald the Mickey. Um, yeah, Donald Duck. Uh, my favourite show used to be um, Annie Magique and Cine Magique. Um, but in, I think they're both gone now. In the studios. In the Disney studios, yeah. They used to have Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, but then they changed it to... Um, they had a Michael Jackson show, I think. I didn't like that one. And then they now have a Disney Filler Magic. Oh, yeah. Which is the three D experience, which is mm. really good. Mm. Um, in us inside the um, Disney park, right next door to Star Tours, mm-hmm. um, and that's really really good. I must admit as well. I think one of the highlights of uh, Disneyland Paris is the fantastic fireworks show at the end of the day. So in the evening, I think in the win- I think in the winter it's about eight o'clock in the evening. So it's dark, and 
the whole park goes completely um, dark with no lights at all. And then they just fire all these um, fireworks in the sky. It's just beautiful. It's all done in time to music. Soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Really, and they, really amazing. And they project um, films and they cartoons. They project onto on... the castle and onto water. Yeah. They've got these water fountains, fountains. and they, they project... Um, Characters and things. Incredible. It is actually, it's very, very effective. Mm. And of very, course, the parade good. as well. The parade's very good. I do like the parade. I've always liked the parade. Yeah. Um, especially the Christmas one, um, which is very, we, very magical. We used to like uh, the uh, nighttime electrical, we Main did, Street um, Electrical Parade. Um, yes, what was that called? Main Street Electrical Parade. No, that was not called that. It was called that in Orlando. No, it called was it. called that in Paris as well. Was it? Yeah. I think you'll find that that was called something else. Was it Fantillusion Parade? <gasps> you're right. Yeah, it was. I think it was. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. You're right. I don't know that it was, you know, now. I don't know. I have to Google it. Outside the park as well, you've also got um, the Disney. free area, the Disney Village, which got a fantastic uh, saloon bar uh, buffet. Uh, thing which is Billy Bob's, which is where you used to work, isn't it? Which is one of the bars I used to work. It was indeed. Mm. Used to be what? New York. I used to also work in Rock and Roll America, where um, King Ludwig's Castle is currently. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's no longer, but um, yeah, that was a fantastic um, bar. Yes, it is. Fantadusian Parade. Well done. Thank you so much. I do apologise for getting it wrong. No, 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 please don't. And of course, if you're lucky to stay in one of the Disney hotels, any favourite hotels? Newport Bay Club. Absolutely love the Newport Bay Club. Uh, it's massive. It's really, really, it's got a real cosy feel to it. It does. Um, it's inspired by the... Is it the New England? New England. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's all white and uh, it's got, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's all nautical. Yeah, nautical themed. Has it been redecorated recently? Don't know. I know that I know the Hotel New York has. Yeah, that's he's now, now been... Marvel and yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. We also love um, Sequoia Lodge with his... <gasps> love Sequoia Lodge with and his... they, yeah, and they pipe um, uh, wooden not wooden pine. small pine yeah into the smell the air yeah really gorgeous. They've got lovely um, big um, open fires in the Redwood Bar. They do indeed. But funnily enough, more recently, I've noticed it's been used as a COVID, COVID vaccination centre. It has it. The local has area. It? Yeah. Wow. And I think you do need to mention um, the Tower of Terror as well. Well, the Tower of Terror is another one of my favourite rides. Um, it is um, the only ride that I get on and I literally have anxiety until it starts. Once it's going, love it. Um but the build-up to it is all very, uh, yeah, it's quite nerve-wracking. It's really good, though. Really, really good. Really, really good ride. Uh, your basic, the idea is you're in a uh, closed-down haunted hotel and you're stuck in the service elevator, which kind of takes you up at very high speed and then just drops you like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> I was going to say a sack of shit, but that's not very nice. Uh, like a sac de merde. Sac de merde. Um and yeah and uh, yeah that's a that, that's a really really good good fun ride actually. So if you go, you must go. If you ever go to Disneyland Paris, that's probably one of the one of the highly uh, recommended highly recommended one of the rides that you do not want to miss. Mm-hmm. You have to do it at least once. So good. 
Any favourite foods? Well, the only thing I can think of is uh, the um, the raclette and on the on all the Christmas stools. Mm. Is there raclette? It is mm, raclette, isn't it? That's it is. really really nice. But I think all the food is really, is really nice in Disneyland Paris. Actually, all the even the uh, fast food um, places, yeah. uh, all the burgers are really. I mean, I think we we must have had at least one of everything, apart from fish ones. Have. But yeah, I think they're all very very nice. I don't think I've ever had a bad meal there. Actually, no. And actually, one of my one of my favorite places is uh, which is not Disney, but it's the Elder Sandwich. Oh yeah, in that's the village. Really, yeah, yeah. Really Elder really Sandwich, nice. fantastic. Um, they make um, a great selection of um, hot well, sandwiches. Yeah, but it's not. It's not just a sandwich. I mean, it, it's so much more than a sandwich. It's so nice. Mm, it is. If you fancy a drink in the village, um, I think. You I know, think Billy Bob's. Billy um, Bob's is quite nice. Yeah, it does. It's got, got good Billy Bob's. It's got a good uh, cocktail think, selection. Yeah, I think the sports bar is a bit. Sports bar's a bit. Well, if you like sports, it's good. But if you don't like sports, yeah, it can get a bit, rowd- bit rowdy, put it that way. It can be a good bit rowdy. Well, thank you very much, Rubella, for your uh, insight into... It's an absolute pleasure. Disneyland Paris. Absolute pleasure. Merci beaucoup uh, avec um, having me on your podcast. No pas de problème. Had a problem, mon amour. Merci beaucoup, mon amour. Thank you very much for listening to us. And um, I hope you enjoy listening to my husband's podcast. And uh, I'm Rubella Vaccine, Miss Ruby V. So do go onto my uh, Instagram page. Come and say hello. Give us a follow. And uh, I hope to see you all there. Lots of love. Bye. Shameless plug there. <laughs> the Work of Art Review. Okay, so I thought I'd add something a bit different this episode. I'm going to share with you one of my favourite artworks from my absolute all-time favourite painters. So my favourite style is Impressionism. And I think the the master of Impressionism to me um, is um, Cezanne. So Paul Cezanne. I mean, I like many artists, but um, I have to say Cezanne is my all-time favourite. So a lot of his work is in watercolours and um, oils. So for those of you who are thinking, which one's Cezanne? So he's known for this painting that I'm going to be talking about, which is the paintings of the mountain Saint-Victoire. But also he's best known also for his still lifes with the apples. Um, lots of yellows, lots of oranges, greens in, in those um, paintings. But I think that's his most famous um, painting. But that's hopefully you know who I'm talking about. So the idea behind these paintings is Cezanne wanted to create a style, as it were, um, to portray the natural um, elements, but without making it too real. So not realism, as it were. He used the brush strokes to create um, movement and light in his paintings. They're not what, what you might call um, realist paintings. They're not, um, you know, obviously, they're not photo-perfect paintings. He also used his brush strokes very articulately to show the um, shapes of, of the subject. But again, um, not making it too real. It's one of the things I love about um, Cezanne, as well as his colours and his use of light in his paintings, is for a, a good a good chunk of his life, he concentrated on only painting one subject, which was a mountain in his um, town of Aix-en-Provence. So the, the, the mountain's name is Mont Saint-Victoire. Um, I've never seen it in real life, um, and I'd love to get there one of these days. Um, but I feel I have seen the mountain because of 
He literally painted the mountain about 60 times during his life from all different angles, from different perspectives, um, different conditions, which I find fascinating, different different mediums as well. One of the things I like about it, a lot of his views of Mont Saint-Victoire is he uses, um, in the foreground, he uses the trees um, to uh, mimic the contours of the of the um, of the mountain. He once described the mountain as um, a beau motif, a beautiful motif. So, just a little fact: he actually purchased an acre of land um, not far from the mountain, where he uh, built a studio just to ensure that he could be so like so close to the mountain and be able to finish his his, his paintings um, without having to you know do a lot of travelling. He did these paintings of the mountain in two separate stages, earlier on in his life and then later on in his life. The later ones, they came under the post-Impressionism um, era. Someone once said of him, um, he wanted to surrender to his impressions. So he used colour, light, um, different shape, the geometry to portray his impression of what he, he saw. Let me know what you think of, of these paintings. If you've been to the mountain, please let me know your experience. Um, please let me know what you think of Cezanne's um, work as well. I'd be interested to hear. His paintings are um, exhibited in, in, in all the major galleries. Um, if you're in London, um, I know off, off the top of my head, um, in the National Portrait Gallery, which is the free gallery, there's a whole room of his paintings on the first floor, um, including um, one of this uh, of, uh, of the mountain as well itself. But um, yeah, please let me know what you think. Also, if you have a favourite artist as well, please let me know who it is. Hope you've enjoyed. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'd love to hear any feedback, so please um, drop me an email. It's all French to me at outlook.com um, or leave me a voice message. Join me again in a fortnight's time for my Halloween special. So it's going to be getting close to Halloween. Um, so please join me for um, a spooky episode. Hope to see you then. So until next time, thanks for listening. Et à bientôt.